Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm Anne-Marie Lockhart, and I'm really glad that you're joining me today. I have an interesting guest who um, we're totally going to run out of time to get through everything that I want to talk about with him. Um, but, you know, that's, that means we're just going to have to do it again. So, you know, you're all familiar with that routine by now. I'd like to introduce uh, writer Murray Dunlap. Thank you for joining me, Murray. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. We are going to open with a poem that um, that you wrote yesterday. <laughs> okay. If you would uh, talk about, read it and then talk about it, that would be great. Sure. It's called In an Instant. In an instant, he glances side to side. Cars accelerate into other lanes, headed who knows where. Birds collect insects from between blades of grass. Gold squirms. In one gulp, a blue jay turns an ant into a snack. There are no for sale signs where he had been told they would be. In the swallow of a blue jay, the light turns red. He does not see it. And in an instant, a long-distance runner is put into a wheelchair. But three months of coma first, and the divorce of medicated agony goes final. In one gulp, a blue jay turns lunch into a decade of eating. A mile becomes a thousand a marriage turns to dust, and in an instant, the world goes still and gray and turns the lighter shade of blue, a pale comparison to all forward movement. All trials end with a gavel swing, and in an instant, he forgets how love. Now, I read that for the first time yesterday, and you wrote it for the first time yesterday, and um, and you're reading it live for the first time today, and I'm, I'm really uh, <laughs> proud that you're doing that here. Um, tell me a little bit about why you wrote it. Well, I thought it would be interesting for us to have something new, because all my work seems to have been divided into things that I did before the accident, things that I've done since the accident, and I'm really attempting to make it clear that I'm still an okay writer, so I try and do stuff (laughs) now after the accident. I don't think there's any question about the okay part, and I would put you solidly (laughs) in the better than okay category there, just saying. (laughs) Um, what I like well, about you. that poem was it's very impactful, but it's it's um it's very at a distance, and the language of it is very clear, and it's very direct, and it's very visual, and it takes the reader right into uh, the events. 
um, at the same time, it describes that sense of continuity of life as these other things are happening around what's happening to you. Um, you know, that really portrays a sense of one one experience within a whole experience and how those things can feel very disparate at times. Um, I thought that was great. Well, thank you. Thank you now, very much, Anne-Marie. In terms of... Um, Writing, you, you know, you just talked about something that you and I had also just talked about before the show went live, and that is uh, work that you work that was written before and work that was written after. Um, and you have a collection of stories that were written before that are then now being published after. So tell right. us a little bit about your book. Well, I'm very excited that Bastard Blue is coming out on June seventh. It's uh, it's been an amazing thing. It's I owe a big thank you to Press 53 because the, these are stories that I've been working on since I was in college, probably, you know, 15 years ago. So it's it's been a fascinating thing to sort of revisit these stories and to edit now, but, but to also add a few things, you know, to make mm-hmm. the, the book seem new, even though really I wrote all the stories before the wreck. You know, what's funny is I wonder um, over time as as you collect a, a greater body of post-accident work and the, uh, the nature of your themes may uh, change in some ways and expand, whether sometimes it will be hard for you to, to, tell, to tell, you know, which, you know, when you look back, and we all remember our work in a different way, but I just wonder sometimes right. if, if that line may get a little blurry over time. Um, you know, when writing about the accident maybe is less of the focus. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, yes, and and I certainly hope that it becomes hard to tell because that will mean sure. I've finally gotten to be a good enough writer that I've not lost anything from the right. So I'm happy to move forward with that in mind. Um, what part did writing play in your recovery period? It was it was a big part. It was you know because of the accident I have severe amnesia, and so it's it's mm. really helped me to relearn who I am, and mm-hmm. it, it just seems like minute details to most people, but little things like when you're reading a story and you can tell what the writer thinks is funny or what the narrator thinks is funny or even what mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. random characters find funny. It has been very revealing to me that it sort of teaches me who I am and what I think is funny. So it's it's been a mm. process of relearning. I read um, one of your short stories called A Wolf in Virginia. I read that last night. And it's too long to read here, but I want right. to um, direct readers to it. It appeared in the Virginia Quarterly Review, summer yeah. of 2003 issue. And um, the print numbers, and that is pages 469 to 481. You can find it online. Um, and actually, readers can find a link to that if they go to your um, website, right. which is, I have that, um, which is murraydunlop.com. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should have exactly. had to refer to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, M-U-R-R-A-Y-D-U-N-L-A-P dot com. 
Um, so you, you you have a great list of links to your published work. I really recommend uh, people stop by there and read um, as many of those stories as they can. Uh, you have a wide range of things. But this one, Wolf in Virginia, was really one of my favorites. And um, the characters are so well realized. The story is uh, interchanges different scenarios that are happening concurrently a little bit in the past, a little bit they jump a little bit, but it's an interesting mix of of narratives that's happening in this story and I, I think it's great. So I, I hope everyone has time to read that. Um the other short story of yours that I read is um that I, that really begs to be talked about, I think, is um a recent it's one that you wrote after the accident. And uh, it's called Times I Nearly Died. Right, Would right. you talk a little bit about that? I'd be happy to. That's uh, actually uh, part of why I'm so grateful to Press 53 is because I'd actually written the first draft of that story before the wreck. But then when I yeah. uh, was in the wreck, I had to rewrite it because obviously yeah. for Times I Nearly Died, the wreck was obviously a big part of that, and so I had to tear up the ending and write a new ending. But it's also the story that was put into an anthology that Press 53 published called What Doesn't Kill You. And uh, so it was a very, very, very valuable resource for me to have for that, and for them to agree to publish it was sort of a huge step in, in my uh, recovery process of getting back to being a writer and having work out there. And the fact that the Press 53 took me on as co-editor of that book has been mm -hmm. an amazing experience. I mean, it was, for one thing, it gave me an awful lot to read. I had about a thousand entries in my email inbox. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> I hope everybody liked oh. that book. <laughs> I tell you what I when I read that um that story I did not know that you had uh written most of it or part of it even any of it before the accident and now that I'm thinking of it um what occurs to me is that must have been a great asset to you as you tried to as you just said recreate who you are you know um, right, right. that's that's a story of things that you've experienced Right. In a in a really really powerful way. I mean, you know, times I nearly died. Most of us don't have a list that long, Murray. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've noticed that it's a pretty unlucky list to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, and and it you know it gets me thinking when you say you wrote it before. It almost takes on a mystical quality, you know, almost a sense of prescience that it's build up right. to the finale right. of that of that story, which is survival at its greatest. Right. Um, it's it's amazing, I and mean, it really takes on an even an even more shivery quality. I think um, <laughs> you know, which it possessed when I didn't know that, but now it, it has even more of that. I'm gonna that there's a link to that on Murray's site too. I, that's that's must read stuff. Um, I, I really really refer people to that. It's it's really an awesome story and it, it's well, powerful in so many ways um one of the things in an interview that i had read you had given uh you had talked about um 
different elements of fearlessness, how you uh, used to be a great physical adventurer, and you even mentioned you say, you know, you used to climb mountains, and you don't know now why you ever thought that was a good idea. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, you talk a little bit about having lost uh, a sense of fear, having gained a sense of adventure, I guess, about your writing and about being open right. um, in right. conversation and things about this. So I would love for you to talk about the tension between those two those two types of fearlessness and how those have sure. have happened for you. Sure, it, uh, it's been an interesting uh, transition to make to have been sort of, I guess you'd call it fearless in the past when I would be willing to do things like climb mountains and I have Mm. always had some good friends and family to help me along with that but then having been through what I've been through with the car wreck it's suddenly become very different to me I mean I just can't imagine climbing a mountain now but on the other Mm -hmm. hand psychologically I find it that I've moved to a sense of fearlessness with what I'm willing to talk about because Mm -hmm. before the wreck I was like we all are and I was concerned about how things reflected on me and how sort of I came off in any given situation but but because of the amnesia and the brain injury I've had a lot of trouble with memory and one of the ways Mm. that I've managed to cope with that is I've just decided that I have to always tell the truth because I get confused when I lie about anything because <laughs> so, I'll forget what the lie is and what the truth is. So I just have to stick with full honesty, and that sort of opened me up to having um, to be open about everything. So it's I'm more than happy to talk about whatever you want. it's it's a it's a you know what it's like a jolting idea i think um you know to say that i totally embrace honesty and you know a lot of us say that but it's a hard way to live you know it's it's not so easy i think and what you just said you know it strips down things to its bare reality and i think that that is like a bracing thing um, right. And I think it affects your writing because there's a very direct quality to your writing. I mean, I, and I read, you know, I, not that I knew when things were written. When I looked at the stuff that you had had, had done, I, th- I don't have a clear sense of what was before and was after necessarily. I don't feel like you were deceptive in your writing voice before at all. But you're, you're, you know, your stuff is very direct. It's very powerful. It's very clear cut. It's not. There's not a lot of you know, misdirection in what you write. I think that well, that you. comes through. Good. Um, mountain climbing, you know, it's an obvious metaphor, but I wonder, you know, if some of that, if some of that isn't um, partly where you draw a lot of resolve from in in getting through this experience that you've had to live through for a few years now. If you learn some things and you know, about persevering and moving forward and getting through something that was not so easy. Uh, that you maybe didn't realize you were learning at the time, but that proved to be useful, you know, in, right. in the time since. Yes. Yes, that's one thing that I've been forced to realize through this is that I'm, whether I like it or not, I'm a very determined person, and apparently mm-hmm. I refuse to give up. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not a bad attribute. <laughs> um, we're all out of time, so I would like to um, close with the uh, 
poem that I first read of yours. It was a submission that you made to Vox Poetica that I accepted, knowing absolutely nothing about you and um, except right. your name. And um, you know, in re- looking at it after I've learned a lot more about you, I still, you know, I don't feel any differently about this poem. I liked it so much the first time I read it, and I like it just as much now. But I think um, I'm glad that that submission led to learning so much more about your writing and and your work as a writer and who you are and to have you here on the show. So I want to really thank you for that. Well, no, thank Um, you. This is called Hair Streaks and Blues. It will appear at Vox Poetica on the evening of July 30th, and um, it goes like this. Grass and goldenrod weaving knots, thick and blight, seen through cracked panes, frames to rot, Fish crow talons tight and the black wire slope. Dog day cicadas click and hum. Restless in linen sheets, curled in twist, fold and crumble. Scratching and rustling, mantis legs fold forward. And the scent of your hair braided into fabric, caught and hung like an old robe, silent behind the maple door. Propped with shadow, contoured with quivering light. Thin drafts dance across the floor. Pastoral ants collect from hair streaks and blues, honeydew. Bedding with memories, prayers of a mantis, and the scent of your hair braided into fabric. And that is Hair Streaks and Blues by Murray Dunlap. It will appear at Vox Poetica on July 30th. Um, I think it's a it's a great poem, and I think it's a great introduction to a whole body of work that I highly recommend. I refer everyone to murraydunlop.com. And, um, Murray, what are you working on now? <laughs> An awful lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to write my next book. Excellent. I would, can't wait not to hear more about that. I would love for you to keep us updated. Um, I will. In the meantime... His next book is going to be coming out June 7th. Um, and you can find out more about that on at murraydunlop.com. And um, I wish you all the best with the release of that. Do you have a lot of uh, promotional stuff planned for that time? Well, I'm giving a signing uh, here in Fairhope, but other than that, I'm not really sure. I'm pretty much leaving that up to... Uh, Kevin Watson of Press 53, I have full faith in him. That's Press 53. You should also check out everyone. It's it's the publisher of this book and some other wonderful things. So uh, do research what they have to offer. And keep your eye out for Bastard Blue by Murray Dunlap. Murray, thank you so much for being with me today. Have a great day. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I will be back next week with Maxwell Baumbach, who is a new book coming out at Unbound Content. He is the editor of Heavy Hands, Inc., so you'll want to listen to that. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.